that strike yeah, fear in you. your heart when you're you're thinking, oh my goodness, these germs are right in front of me. Yes, ma'am. And and it scares me. It, it really do. I mean, I'm human, you know, and, and it scares me to death. In a typical grocery store, they're seeing a thousand different people every day. Not knowing who you're talking to in that check lane or who you're standing right next to as you're stocking the product may have COVID. Uh, we've all been working overtime and it's, and you got the constant worry about this disease that's out there and you don't know who lives behind that door and what goes on in that house. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. In the past 11 months, white-collar Americans have settled into working from their basements or their home offices. But grocery store workers and delivery drivers have had a far different pandemic. They've been there on the front lines, day in, day out. Coronavirus cases spike, they still report for duty. We all depend on it. Nick Kassoff is a resident of Ferguson. He started driving for Instacart right around the time the pandemic first hit last year. And he says he's found real joy in that work. It's always satisfying to, to get those groceries, bring it to somebody's home, and realize that while you're making money, you're meeting a real need in somebody's life. Now, Nick Kassoff told our producer, Evie Hempel, about one delivery that really stood out. I remember a couple of months ago, I had a shopping trip, and it was 100 cans of soup and a smattering of other things. And I wondered who the heck would want all this canned soup. So I get to the delivery and it was a disabled woman in a wheelchair who had just come out of several months in the hospital from heart surgery. So it was really a a great moment that I, you know, I brought everything into the house, which we normally don't do and went the extra mile for this woman that's somebody who couldn't have gotten to the grocery store and who would have been in great danger from COVID if she had been exposed to it. So I'm glad that as a person who's healthy and can take the precautions, I was able to help her out. Now, Nick is not alone. Many people involved in aspects of the grocery business have a greater understanding of just how important and even life-saving their work is during this pandemic. But that doesn't mean it's easy. And joining us today to talk about it is Detanya Weaver. She's a pharmacy technician working at a CVS inside of a schnook store in Jennings. Uh, Detanya, welcome. Well, thank you. And we're also joined today by David Cook. He's the president of UFCW Local 655. David, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to your listeners. So, David, listening to Nick talk about the work of grocery delivery, it feels like so many of us do have a new appreciation of how this work is is so meaningful. Do you think many of your members uh, feel that at this point? Yeah, I believe that the majority of my members probably prior to the pandemic, didn't realize how important they were to society. Um, But clearly, if we think back to March of last year and April, they could have been as important as anybody in society. And I think finally, my members started to realize how important they are to this society and community we live in. And that's great. That's wonderful because they've always been Mm -hmm. that important. They just didn't realize it. 
Yeah, and I feel like there was also a lot of talk um, within the general public. We were all so much more aware of it when it came to them. But that was 11 months ago. Do you think those of us who've been able to just kind of go back to our routines, we've kind of lost track of just how much your guys are dealing with day in, day out? Unfortunately, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, the question I would ask is if, if my members that I represent and everybody working in grocery stores were deemed as heroes in March and April, I'd ask everybody that are now taking them for granted and just looking at them like they used to look at them, what day of what week of what month did they stop being heroes? Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know when that is. Yeah, it seems like it's almost, yeah, yeah, the more it goes on, the harder and harder it can be in in certain ways. Yeah, the the stress has not stopped in the stores. I mean, if you look at the stores, there's in a typical grocery store, they're seeing a thousand different people every day. How many people do you know in your life that mind seeing a thousand people a day? Nobody does that except for grocery retail workers. The stress is still there. Especially when you have the general public, some of them, um, that refuse to mask up, that refuse to take the proper precautions. Um, and, and my members are expected to wait on them like anybody else. Uh, and that's, you know, I just ask society to remember, remember the importance of these individuals to you sustaining your life. Without them, you're not going to live. Mm-hmm. So, Detanya, you've been a pharmacy technician for 20 years now. How would you compare this past year to the 19 others that you've had on the job? Well, this is a bit much. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to say different. it. <laughs> it's very different. Um, things that we have to do now, I would would have never thought that we, we would have to do them now, you know. Um, With the mask and gloves and, you know, I just never even thought in a million years that we would wind up being like this. Mm -hmm. What's been the hardest part for you during this past 11 months? Well, just I love I love people. I'm I'm a people person. However, we have customers that do come in that has COVID and pneumonia. Um just trying to deal with them on top of dealing with my own health issues. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's so hard because I love coming to work, but I have to take precautions for myself, my own health. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's hard not, and I love my people, Mm -hmm. you know? And when you say that they have COVID, I mean, they're coming up to the pharmacy counter and saying, Hey, I've got this. I, I need you to fill this prescription. Yeah, they they come up, um, they tell us that they just got released from the hospital, and the doctor said that they need to get um, something over the counter because they have COVID slash pneumonia. So then, you know, we have red flags that come up, like, okay, why is this person is in the grocery store, you know? Right. They, they shouldn't it's be doing hard. their own shopping at that point. They, they should be at yeah. home isolating, but they're there. Does that strike yeah, fear they, in they, your heart when you're, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, these germs are right in front of me? Yes, ma'am. And, and it scares me. It, it really do. I mean, I'm human, you know, and, and it scares me to death just to think that I could potentially be infected by somebody that just got out the hospital saying that they, you know, got COVID and pneumonia and I have asthma. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so serious. You know. do, do the stores have protocol to deal with something like that when somebody just confesses, I have it, and they're already inside the store? The only thing that they do is we just have to disinfect. Hmm. David, that's got to be tough. And I imagine as much as Detanya is hearing people say this right to her because she works in the pharmacy, um, for many of your members, they're just there checking these people out. They don't have any idea which which of the of the persons um, uh, is already infected. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't I can't fathom what my members are going through on a daily basis where you said earlier, a lot of us are going back to our life as it was before. But not knowing who you're talking to in that check lane or who you're standing right next to as you're stocking the product may have COVID, uh, may be infected. It may, you know, it may not be a fault of their own. If they're living by themselves, they may not have the ability to have somebody else shop for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fear and the anxiety is still there. And I, I do want to thank the union employers in St. Louis. I think as a whole, they did a very good job early on of getting precautions in place. Hmm. sanitation protocols if somebody was tested positive, uh, the plexiglass, the, the sanitation. As a whole, I think they've done a very good job. But that's, that doesn't alleviate the concern that my members live with every single day, mm-hmm. of knowing that you could be in contact with somebody. I mean, I still tell my members, don't forget how concerned you were in March. When you get home, the first thing you should be doing is disrobing, throwing your clothes in the, in the laundry, bathing yourself to make sure you're not infecting or taking the chance of infecting the rest of your family. That's who, would a, have thought, who would have thought that a year and a half ago? Yeah, I think that's a great point in that vigilance that so many of us had in the beginning. It's been easy to let that slide when you're not seeing a thousand people a day. But as you say, that's the reality for your members. If, if you're listening to this conversation, we want to invite you to, to join us, particularly if you're a grocery store or a delivery worker. We're curious to hear about what your experience has been like. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Uh, Detanya, David was saying there that he feels that, that these employers have had uh, pretty good safety precautions in place. Detanya, have you been happy with the ones there at your store? Yes, I'm, I'm very happy because we still do, you know, go through the protocols as far as disinfecting, wiping down. Yeah, we, we still do that to a T. And, and you feel like the plexiglass barriers, um, have those worked within the pharmacy area? Yeah, it, it does work, but then you still have some customers that want to kind of lean around the, the plexiglass, or if oh. you have customers that are like six feet and taller, you know, they lean over, you know, so Ugh. you... you <laughs> People are just so thoughtless sometimes. I I shouldn't laugh, but, I mean, those are there for a reason. You know, David also yeah. mentioned earlier that people just sometimes don't want to wear these masks. Detanya, have you they run don't. into that? Yeah. We have customers that come in to pick up their prescription or even inquire about it. They'll have their mask partially over their nose. Then when they walk up to the plexiglass, we have to ask them, could you please stand in front of the glass? And then they'll remove the mask and talk to us. Then we'll have to ask them, could you please put your mask back on? You know, like this is to protect you and me. So, And, and how do uh, they yeah, react they to that mad. where you're asking them, please mask up? They get mad. David, get have mad you heard that from your members as well, that sometimes people are downright hostile? Oh, we yes, absolutely. That we have a 
group of the population, and it's a small group. I don't want to say it's the overwhelming majority or even close to it, but there is a group out there that don't believe this is real, uh, and they are very, very confrontational to our in my members. Um, now, we've instructed our my membership that if you run into that, please call store management, let them deal with that, because you know, I want to remind the listeners, these aren't high-paid workers. Mm-hmm. These are people that are just making a decent paycheck to pay their bills and live their life. Uh, they shouldn't be subjected to this. You know, they're, they're not they're not pro football or baseball players making millions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. These are just workers trying to pay their bills. And I just ask your general public, whether you believe in this or not, please conform to the rules. I don't personally like abiding by the speed limits, right? <laughs> I, like, I, I like to drive fast. But those speed limits are there not only to protect, to protect me, the driver, but also the people around me. That's why these face mask mandates and requests are in place. It's to, it is to protect you and the people around you. Mm-hmm. Think about it as a speed limit. You may not like it, but if you live in a society, you have an obligation. David, have many of your members um, come down with COVID-19? So we've, we've had a fair number, but I will also give credit. Um, my hometown employers here really were ahead of most employers in the St. Louis area in getting safety precautions up. Hmm. So by percentage, uh, we really weren't much high. We were, we were not even higher than the average percentage of the population getting infected. That is a tribute, and I'll call them out, to Schnooks, Deerbergs, and Straubs that were ahead of the game in getting the plexiglass up that if they had a, an employee in a store that was tested positive to having the deep cleaning crews come in overnight, sanitize the store, disinfect the stores. Um, early on, you know, we, we put a lot of precaution, a lot of thought into precaution, uh, getting health benefits for workers that contracted this above and beyond what they u- would usually have. So where I continue to beat my employers up and tell them that I, I think my workers deserve more appreciation pay, more heroes pay to continue that where I have frustration there. Let me say on the big topic of safety, they have they have been a leading cause here on, hmm. uh, of supporting that. Well, that's great to hear. Detanya, for your particular store and the people you work with, have there been many cases of, of people who've come down with this? I mean, it's probably been a few, um, but, you know, with HIPAA being, you know, involved, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of limited what you can say. But for the most part, Schnooks have taken care of, you know, those teammates just as well as the union. Well, that that is terrific to hear. I, that's such a huge relief as, as somebody who spends a lot of money there uh, buying groceries. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I do want to go to the phone lines now. Um, and if you're listening to this conversation and you're a grocery store worker, delivery driver, and want to join us, those phone lines are open at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Let's go to Kevin, who's calling from Union, Missouri. Uh, Kevin, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Yeah. Good morning or afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. I'm curious to hear about your experience. Uh, I work for the United States Postal Service as a carrier, and we are exposed to people's every day at their homes. And the uh, volume of mail that uh, people are receiving post-COVID is pre-COVID is just a, a staggering. Everybody has discovered shopping online. Mm-hmm. Many people who has never in their life touched a computer have now discovered Amazon or other online shopping services. And 
I ask the customers that that get this stuff, and it's a lot of it is needed supplies, and it's medicine and food and uh, cleaning supplies, things that people need in their homes. But to please be patient and, and respectful to their carriers when they're bringing this stuff to their houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I mean, they're we're trying to do our job, and and we have to do it six days, seven days a week, and bring these things to your home, and and. Uh, Without us there, imagine the difficulty without the, you know, the the post office and the UPS guys and the FedEx guys that bring this stuff to you and, and the delivery guys bringing the DoorDash and other things like that. So it's, it has been really stressful. Uh, the long hours we've been, uh, we've all been working overtime and it's, mm-hmm. and you got the constant worry about, this disease that's out there and you don't know who lives behind that door and what goes on in that house. Kevin, that's a great point. And and I'm also curious for you. I mean, we were hearing that the statistics for grocery store workers are pretty good. They're in line with the general population. Do you have a sense of how the the postal service is doing? Um, Have a lot of workers come down with this? Uh, Locally and where I work, we haven't had a huge outbreak. There's been isolated incidents. A couple people have had it or have worked close contacts that had a quarantine because someone they were, they were uh, associated with, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know that we had a, uh, there was a, right during the Christmas season, there was an outbreak in one of the bulk mail plants and, and where they processed the, the large bulk mail, the, the parcels and things like that. Mm. And they had like 20% of the workforce out right at the peak of the season uh, during December. And it was just, really hard. And yeah, that sounds wildly were, stressful you know, right there. People were really upset because they were, things were running behind and they were, you know, but it was beyond anybody's control. Something that, you know, this is a disease that that hit this place and, these, and, and it got in there and some of the workers, they work closely together, you know, mm-hmm. the process. At that point, you almost you almost have to expect it. We've seen that at, at workplaces across the country. Um, well, Kevin, thank you for sharing about that experience. And that's a good point. It's not just grocery store workers here and, and the pharmacy workers inside grocery stores. Um, you know, we're all getting more deliveries, and, and those guys are also working in close quarters. David, you mentioned that your um, workers were getting some extra pay for a while. I remember when that was in the news, sort of a, a reward for dealing with all these conditions here. Has that continued? No, they actually uh, did a couple of one-time payments, either based on the amount of hours you worked uh, or how, you know, a couple other parameters. And unfortunately, my hometown employers have stopped that. Mm. Uh, I've gone back to them a couple of times and asked them to reconsider it. And like I said, where I'm disappointed with that, uh, I'm not disappointed in in what the effort they put towards the safety of their employees. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you were to ask me what's more important, I'd say the safety of the employees. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I would like for them to be recognized, but the reality is, I have to be honest with you, our our state government isn't recognizing them. So, you know, we we are the only state that I know of that grocery workers are the bottom of 1B in Missouri. And when you say 1B, we're talking about the tier system here. It seems like a lot of people put them right up there with, uh, I guess, first responders. Is, Is that fair to say, David? Uh, I, I would say this, that if you ask people back in March and April what was the most important person to work for your safety, uh, they'd say a grocery worker because I can't go a week without food. Mm-hmm. And our, our local government, when I say local, I mean state of Missouri, uh, has never recognized that. And as I said, if you go across the river to Illinois, 
those grocery workers over there are going to be some of the first in Group 1B to be vaccinated because the governor recognizes how important they are to sustain the community and the society we live in. Our governor here has taken a different tack. Uh, the federal government has kind of set the tiers, but they let state governments decide how to in- interpret that themselves. Mm-hmm. And and our governor does not, and our health department director does not deem the grocery workers to deserve or need to be in the top 1B. I just wonder what happens if grocery store, store workers have a bad outbreak and they don't show up. Boy, I think that's a, that's a great question. Tatanya, I'm wondering how that affects you. You're there as a pharmacy technician. Are you also, um, you know, in that same class that grocery store workers are in? Yes. So you're you're waiting as well. Uh, has that been yes. frustrating? I mean, there you are day in, day out with people standing in front of you saying, I'm, I'm getting medication because I have COVID-19. Right. Yeah. All, I, all we can do is just wait. It sounds like you've been able to find kind of a Zen attitude um, where I feel like a, some people might be more angry about that. What has what has allowed you to find that place where you're able to just accept this? Well, you know, I mean, when you're working with the public, it's really it really does no good to even get upset. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You you have to really have patience. Yeah, my health is involved, but I look at it. I can save or help. 500 people that come through the pharmacy and I just, I just leave it to God. Hmm. I mean, I just do what I have to do and just keep on pushing, um, hoping and praying that I never get COVID. But at the same token, I just, I'm just there for, for my customers. Well, that's terrific. Um, we got an email from Peter in Florissant. He writes, I am not a frontline worker. I'm an older adult with COPD. My wife and I have chosen to observe all the precautions outlined to avoid the COVID infection. That includes using one of the grocery delivery services. I am writing to sing the praises of every one of the shoppers who have served us. We've been served by more than 40 of these workers, and every single one of them has been efficient, pleasant, generous with their time, and humble about their efforts. When we thank them for doing this job that puts them at risk, they thank us for using the service. They are the ones taking the chance and doing excellent work in a threatening environment. We believe they, along with so many others out on the front, deserve all the recognition they get and then some. David, this this vaccine situation seems like it's a frustration to you. If people are feeling um, the way that our emailer, Peter, feels about this, is it too late? I mean, can they try to lobby the governor to get you guys moved up? I think that would be a great tact. And I, I have to be honest, I don't even attempt to reach out anymore uh, it, it seems like to me, if I make a request, it's basically a no. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you if the general public, if he starts hearing from the general public, um, I do believe that they could change. He could change his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be appreciated because we need to vaccinate our frontline workers. We have to have them continue to show up. And the way to guarantee that is to vaccinate them in a timely manner. Well, David Cook, president of UFCW Local 655, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing about the experiences of your members. Thank you for having me, and thanks for the listeners for listening in. And Detanya Weaver, I want to thank you so much for joining us and just for all the good work you've been doing uh, to keep that store in Jennings, to keep people getting the, the medication they need. Well, thank you for having me on your air. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.
If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.